Let's talk to him right now, Mike McKenna. Mike, we were just talking about uh, your piece today. Uh, it's up on Daily Faceoff uh, right now about uh, working with Warrior Hockey. A, a, you know, for people that haven't read it yet, why did you feel like you needed to get involved, and uh, how how rewarding has it been for you? Well, you know, you asked a question that was posed to me by some of the Blues Warriors themselves coming home from the trip to Philadelphia this past weekend at the USA Hockey Warrior Classic. Um, you know, one of them asked me, "What's what was your cause? Why did you decide to do this? And, you know, it really stemmed from having two of my closest friends help organize the St. Louis Blues Warriors team. And, you know, when they started to talk about it, and we realized there was a little bit of momentum, and they asked me, you know, like, the goalies really need some help. Would you like to, to come out and, and spend some time with everyone? I was, absolutely, I'd love to do that. And uh, so, you know, I came every Tuesday starting this past summer into the season and uh once a week was about the time i could give and it it just blossomed you know the military had never really been my cause while i played and now it feels like that's my mission with hockey now that i'm done with it um you know going to philadelphia and watching our players not just improve on the ice but bond off the ice and meet other warriors from all across the united states was just amazing um and it's a support group you know, this is as much about the cause more so than it is really about hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this is about helping veterans support one another. Uh, and the veterans will tell you it's about helping keep our veterans alive. You know, so many of them have come back and had struggled to find their place in society and have depression and PTSD and survivor's guilt that they need a place in the locker room. They need the camaraderie. Um, and, you know, we had one of our players the last day after our last game, he stood up and he said, I was in a dark place. And Warrior hockey saved my life, and just probably the heaviest moment I think I've ever been a part of in a locker room. So uh, I, I can't begin to describe the, how rewarding it was. <laughs> That's so neat. That just makes me smile ear to ear, Mike. And a lot of these photos, too, people should go read the article so they can see the great photos of all these teammates. But you mentioned in here that some of these guys hadn't really played hockey before, and so they're, like, learning the sport, right, as they go. Yeah, quite a few, you know, the we've, and it's interesting. We have quite a few, um, we have quite a few women playing men. Um, they're all, they're all teammates. And the team that I coached was Delta. Now we have four divisions here at the St. Louis blues warriors team. We have alpha Bravo, Charlie Delta, which makes everybody smile. That's had military (laughs) service because they know where that comes from. It's not just the ABCD club. Um, so I was assigned to coach the Delta team, which is the lowest level. And, I would say an overwhelming percentage of our players had never played hockey before in the last year. They are truest, true, true beginners to the sport. Uh, And to see how far they've come from hardly being able to skate to now learning about tracking back through the middle, chipping pucks to speed, generating traffic. um, You can probably, you can probably hear and sense the smile on my face coming through um, it's just amazing uh, when you have a game that you love this much to see other people discover it and enjoy it, uh, especially in this warrior setting. It's just unbelievable. That's awesome. Uh, again, encourage everyone to go check it out uh, at dailyfaceoff.com and, and check out Mike's piece. Uh, just great work and so proud that you got to share that and uh, also share that with us. We're talking to Mike McKenna, former NHL goalie, now does great work for Daily Faceoff. Uh, we've been talking a bit this week about the Vancouver Canucks and just, you know, styles of play, Mike. It felt like they got a bit to more about who they are the last couple of games. Now, the results haven't been perfect, but, you know, when, when you look at this team as a goalie, 
they're tr- they're trying to create some more chances that might come at the expense of hey creating more action for the goalie on their own end. Uh, do you like that? Do you like to see that, or is it more about hey structured play? You'll get your chances as you find them. I think you've got to build everything out from the back end first. If you don't take care of things defensively, it doesn't give you the confidence to go on offense. It doesn't give you the confidence to go and be aggressive when you have to do that. When you're constantly worried about the puck going back down your throat the other direction, it's really difficult to play. And and I do understand when you're trying to speed up a team and you're trying to generate offensive chances, sometimes the thought process is, well, we've got to double down. We've got to force the issue. We've got to make it happen. And to me, when I was playing, I always thought the best route to breaking out of a slump or the best route to finding offense or improving any area of your play was to go to the basics and streamline your game and look for areas that you can be more efficient rather than more aggressive. And that may just be keeping the puck moving. It may just be you know, getting to an open area where you hadn't been previously or just the willingness to get to places. And so I, I think that, you know, in particular here, this is a scenario where it's just stick to your basics here. Figure this out, get it set, uh, and then go on the attack from there. Because I, I have a hard time if you're just going to go balls to the wall and try to knock everything down. Uh, it gets difficult on the back end for a goalie. It makes you nervous when you see nothing but rushes coming the other direction. It's not a winning recipe. <laughs> But does it get frustrating, too? We've watched Demko so much this season, and he's been great. Like, does it get to a frustrating point, too, where you're not seeing any run support created or offense created on the other end, even though you know you're playing a great game? Well, you can only do so much. That's that's it for a goaltender. And it's frustrating enough to see the wins in the column. Um, and, and you hope over the course of the season that that changes. But maybe that's the mindset that, gener- that differentiates people from really the people that can really have a long career and those that don't last long is if you're too worried about the scoreboard rather than the process and how you're actually playing, if you're paying attention to your own details, you can get wrapped up in it. And I've been on teams that can't score before, and yeah, it is frustrating. But I can't go out there with a forward stick and score. Right. You know, I mean, I can try to lob <laughs> one in from 200 feet away, and that's not going to go anywhere. So it's always in the goalie spot for us. But, hey, if I do my job, we're going to be able to score eventually. We need to be able to score. But we do it like, because goalies, you inherently put a lot of pressure on yourself. You're expecting yourself to be able to pull your team out. If you're only scoring two goals a game, you've got to allow one or less. And it takes a special person to be able to thrive in that type of environment because it's really just not that realistic. You know, average goals against the league, two and a half or so, a little above – Um, but I always had that mindset, you know what, if I keep it under two goals, I think we have a chance. That's what I need to do. Did you ever find that when, when you went into crease that the team changed their style of play? Cause I I do look at watching like Demko versus Halak a little bit. A, Uh they, they have very different styles, but did you feel like when, when you stepped in that the, the team in front of you tried to play differently as well? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think that, you know, goalies in general, I mean, you could take Halak and Demko, and they're those two are much more similar than, say, Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury were last year. You know, th- there are similarities to their game. I think the one thing that differentiates goaltenders in terms of how their teammates play with them is how they handle the puck outside the net. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's a huge difference. Uh, if, you're, if you're Edmonton and Mike Smith in the net versus Miko Koskinen, 
I mean, I'm not sure Koskinen can break a pane of glass with a shot versus Mike Smith, who can sh- pretty much shoot it out of the ballpark from his own crease. You know, and, and we're not talking about just shooting, just making passes and getting the play and the breakout going. I think there's a very conscious discussion point within the locker room amongst defensemen and teammates that, hey, this goalie does this differently with the puck, and we have to alter it to do that. But for a goaltender, I mean, your teammates should be doing the same thing in front of you. You want to be consistent. You want to be able to look at video and say, when we go on the PK, I know exactly where my defensemen and when my forwards are going to be. I know exactly where I want these shots to come from. And that should be interchangeable between the goaltenders. Mike, Quinn Hughes is having a strong season, which is great news for the Canucks. What, what do you think about his style of D-man and, and what it's doing for the NHL? You broke up right as you asked about who we were talking about there. Repeat that for me, please. Oh, so sorry. Uh, Quinn Hughes having a strong season. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, so... Well, with Quinn Hughes, I, I think that there's been a level of responsibility to his game that's come back. And it, to me, I, you know, you can look at the different advanced metrics. You can look at the traditionals. You can look at plus minus. Um, I, I still think plus minus really has a lot of value. I, I really do. And Quinn Hughes is plus for the first time in a while. Um, and I think it's really coming from, one, the maturity of his game, understanding where he can pick and choose his spots, uh, when he doesn't need to force the puck as much. Uh, I think having Elias Pettersson back for most of its help. But, you know, with, with Hughes, I think he's finally kind of getting to that mental stage where he doesn't feel like he has to do everything by himself. And a lot of times when you come into the league and you have success early uh, and you know that you're a top dog and you're, and you're somebody who can carry a team like Quinn Hughes did um, his, his rookie season, it's kind of tough to replicate. And you start to press, you start to take chances, you start trying to stretch the zone when maybe it's not there. And I saw that last year. I saw him trying to force pucks down the ice, down the middle, um, more often. And this year it seems like he's more in sync with his teammates. Uh, and the team's, you know, the team's playing a little bit better as well. But, but I've been impressed with that. I, I think that you know, we still have to see him get back to where he was previously in terms of utter domination of games at times but I don't think you have to dominate. I think you just have to be a little bit under the radar and it helps to have Ekman Larson there eating up some minutes as well. Again, it helped alleviate the pressure on Hughes. It helped insulate him by bringing in somebody like Ekman Larson. Uh, they're playing in Colorado tonight. Uh, I, I know it's early in the season and the altitude is always tough in Colorado. Uh, are there rinks that you hated playing in? <laughs> oh yeah, man. Like I, I don't know if it, it took until very late in my career like in the American Hockey League, to win a game in Hershey, it felt like. I could never win in Hershey when I was in the American League. Uh, and then in the National League, you know, I didn't play in very many buildings multiple, on multiple occasions. But I can remember just how daunting it was to go to Washington and how I didn't realize how loud that building was. And especially early in my career when I faced them in that building, you know, Ovechkin was – well, Ovechkin's still Ovechkin. I don't know why I'm going to say Ovechkin was – tearing the league apart because he's still tearing the league apart um but it was early in his career and he was just bombing away from everywhere and you know i struggled in that building i actually struggled in atlanta of all places i had a i remember a terrible game i had in atlanta so i'm glad that that's off the map but it's funny because washington and hershey two teams that are you know it's the same organization for whatever reason i just couldn't pull out wins in those buildings and when i finally did it was really late in my career 
Mike McKenna joining us here, NHL analyst from uh, Daily Faceoff. Uh, so last night, Kaprizov hits 30 goals in 67 games. You start looking around the league right now. Who are the best goal scorers in your mind? Because like, that is a torrid pace for him to score. Outside of just, hey, Connor McDavid, uh, who's, who's dominating right now? Yeah, it's easy to pick up Connor McDavid, isn't it? Um, you know, I think... <laughs> And Kaprizov, it's funny, it's only his third goal, but you look at him putting 30 innings for 67, it's pretty unbelievable. I think he'll get back to it. Um, I think let's look for some underrated and undercover people in the National Hockey League that are having success this year. And I mean, Chris Kreider, who would have thought he'd be at nine goals right now? Um, in New York, he's been a big reason why that team's playing so well. He's so fast. Like When he gets the puck in stride and he drives the net, he gets by people in a big-time hurry. Uh, I think everybody's been surprised by Troy Terry in Anaheim. Here's somebody who was totally off the radar as a goal scorer. People are wondering, is this guy ever going to get it in the league? You know, he's a great prospect. Can he bring it? Well, he's got nine goals. He's on an absolute heater. Um, you know, but I, I actually think that the most underrated and underappreciated goal scorer in the National Hockey League is Kyle Connor. Uh, this guy, he's got a release that's kind of similar to Tarasenko. You know, it, it's on his blade. He kind of pushes his forward. He rolls his wrist with it. And I was talking to a teammate of his a couple of weeks ago, and he said, yeah, when he gets the puck in stride, it, it doesn't phase him. He can still get the puck off his blade, whether he's in stride, whether he's coasting, whether he has D in front of him. He's just got a knack to, to get it to the net and to put it into places that most people can't. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Connor ends up finishing the season. He's He's sitting, you know, tied for – third right now in goals, but I, I think he's going to stay there. I think this is real. And, and, you know, Blake Wheeler being out for a while, it's given Kyle Connor even more room to operate. I think he's built for success for the rest of his, this season, at least. The Canucks are uh, facing off against a couple of teams that we thought were going to be really good to start the season. Uh, the Avalanche, but the Golden Knights hampered by injuries here a little bit. Are there teams across the league that you're worried about when it comes to sort of a slow start? Yeah, I'm really worried about Colorado and Boston. Those are the two teams that I've got penciled that that's making me nervous. You know, I, I, I really am concerned about Colorado because they're not, they're not scoring enough. Well, power play, they're, they're, their special teams in Colorado are just not good enough right now, and they're not getting goaltending. They're actually not a bad five-on-five team. They have at least generated chances, but they're not finishing. Their power play is only clicking at about 10%. And now they just lost Nathan McKinnon for three weeks. And right now, the Colorado Avalanche are sitting six points out of a playoff spot. I'm not sure they recover. I'm really worried about that team. Uh, and that's a team that everybody had picked to you know, win the Western Conference, maybe the Stanley Cup. And I was right in that same boat. I thought Darcy Kemper would be able to come in and perform at a – at a Vezina caliber, that has not happened. Um, so I think there's real worry there. And I think when you look to the East, Boston, you know, are they that far out? No. They're two points sitting out of a playoff spot, but they're just treading water. And, and I, I don't think that they've gotten the goaltending they expected out of Omar and Swayman. They've been okay, but they haven't been too Rask. And I think people in Boston really got jaded and didn't realize what they had. There's been people that have been hating on Rask forever in Boston mostly because Tim Thomas became a folk hero when he won the Stanley Cup, and nobody seems to be able to live up to Tim Thomas's reputation. But Tuukka Rask has statistically been one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League 
over the last 10 years, 15 years even. So um, I think they need a shot in an arm, shot in the arm in Boston. Rask has been skating, but who knows if or when he's going to come back this year. Those are my two teams. Uh, I'm concerned about both of them. Mike McKenna joining us. Uh, we actually just touched on on uh, talking about McDavid there. That goal that he scored. He, oh man! Like you're a goalie, <laughs> you see the four guys in front of him. What are you thinking as he's slicing through these guys? <laughs> help me! <laughs> Wave the white flag. Help! I need help. Um, I, I, you know, you see him coming at you. I never got to play against game against Connor McDavid. Um, I'm not exactly too worried about that because my stats are already bad enough. I can't imagine they would have improved. But what I can say is that you just can never tell where he's going to release the puck from. And when his hands are moving that quickly and his feet are going that same speed and he's processing it just as fast, he can change the angle just enough to make you look foolish as a goaltender very quickly. And when he's going through the quantity of players like he did, uh, I guess I believe against the Rangers, if I remember correctly. Um, There's players hacking at a stick. They're trying to get into his hands. You can't tell where that puck's coming off his blade. It creates so many variables. And anytime somebody's attacking with speed and you haven't had a chance to get your feet out and get a little bit of backward flow or edge release, it can leave you flat-footed. And that's exactly what happened. I can't remember if it was Shosturkin or Georgiev in net for that night, but the goalie was flat foot, couldn't go side to side. It's in the net. And you know, Connor McDavid, for very rarely does this happen, but I think he surprised himself. We've all kind of seen the, the picture of the meme afterwards. And I tell you what, I'm, I'm never surprised by what he does. And you know it's got to be something special if, even on Connor McDavid's face, you can see that he knew something really unique just happened on the ice. It's unfair, too, that McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same team. Like, what do you do as a well, goalie against them? Just hope that they have an off night? Like, <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that that would help. That'd be great. Um, yeah. But I, I think that anytime you face these two players, um, you, you got to look at what their strengths are. And Connor McDavid's strength is everything, okay? We know that. But there are tendencies there, and there's tendencies – structurally and how Edmonton scores goals. You know, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl scores a lot of one-timer goals from the off wing, and that's no secret. So, like, as a goalie, you can do different things to manage that, and the first thing you can do is to make sure you get your feet set and get square and try to get your eyes on the release before it ever comes at you. If you're moving, if you're late, if you're sliding into something, good luck, because is going to put it off the bar and down, and you're going to be in trouble. So I think that especially against a team like Edmonton that zips it around so quickly, goaltenders got to be very, very aware of what depth they want to play at. They can't be too far outside of the net. Uh, they want to stay close to home, and you got to get your feet set ahead of time. you got to skate hard to get your feet where they need to be because if you give either of those guys any bit of space, they're going to take it. He is Mike McKenna. You can follow him on Twitter. And, again, uh, certainly encourage you to go read his piece today uh, at Daily Faceoff, talking about warrior hockey on Veterans Day in the States and obviously Remembrance Day here. Mike, uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, man. That sounds great. Thanks for having me, everybody. That is uh, Thanks, Mike, Mike McKenna.